in the name of the one who is, who has come, and who will come again, Christ the Lord. Amen. Have you ever come to church and all hell breaks loose? Literally. Jesus did. What a scene. What a scene at the synagogue at Capernaum as Jesus teaches and his hearers recognize the authoritative nature of his teaching. All hell breaks loose. Literally. A man under the dominion of an unclean spirit comes forward to confront Jesus, saying, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing the man and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. And they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? A new teaching and with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. What a scene. What a scene at the synagogue at Capernaum. Don't you have questions? I do. <laughs> now, I don't question our Lord's power. I don't question our, our, our or the reaction of the crowd, our Lord's word, nothing like that. But I do have a question that I just can't wrap my head around. And that is this. Why in the world would a demon-possessed man attend the synagogue? Have you ever thought about that? People the, under the oppression of unclean spirits, uh, generally we think they like to, you know, they live away from polite society. And they certainly don't want to come into any contact with God's word, right? I think we probably picture this wrong. I can't be 100%. But Mark never writes that this man came into the synagogue from outside. It appears as if the man were already there. So what set him off? What set the unclean spirit off and caused that unclean spirit to manifest itself. What did Jesus say? Now, if we have to put words in our Lord's mouth to give context to his teaching at the synagogue in Capernaum, then we would have to speak. We would have Jesus speak the only words that he's spoken so far in the gospel of Mark. The time is fulfilled. The reign of God is here. Repent and believe the good news. This was the message that our Lord was preaching throughout Galilee and most certainly likely the same message that he was proclaiming on the Sabbath in the synagogue at Capernaum. The time is fulfilled. The reign of God is here. Now, this joyful and hopeful message sounds like something that the forces of Satan would want to confront would want to convince others to ignore or to dismiss. So how would that best be done? Satan's a sneaky, crafty creature. 
rather than us imagining some crazy, disheveled person running in off the streets, causing a ruckus, maybe we should imagine this, a well-dressed person attending the synagogue that day, perhaps even a member of the congregation in good standing. And when he confronts Jesus, his voice doesn't sound any different than yours or mine. It doesn't sound demonic or out of place. It could sound as if he's speaking for himself and even for some of the others gathered that day. When he says, what is between us and you, Jesus of Nazareth? What do you have to do with us? Maybe the us could refer to the people gathered there. But really, it, the us can refer to the legion of unclean spirits. And you wonder... If there were some there who nodded in agreement. Yeah. Preach it, brother. Jesus is calling us to repentance. Jesus is calling us to faith. We're good men of Israel. We're here in the synagogue on the Sabbath. And he's still telling us to repent. He's still telling us to believe the gospel. But then, as often happens, the devil reveals himself and the unclean spirit continues with this strange saying. Did you come to destroy us? Now the people are probably puzzled. The devil in disguise has started to reveal something that is off, way off. And others might be saying, "Okay, now what's this about? And then the unclean spirit adds a confession. I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Does this amaze you? It does me. Even the demons recognize the rule and reign of God in Christ Jesus, that the fulfillment of God's promises have come. And then Jesus did what Jesus does. He demonstrates his authority over the satanic realm. Again, this afflicted person could have been, we don't know for sure, someone they knew, perhaps even trust, a fellow who's been coming to the synagogue for years. Yet all of this time, no one knew the truth. A brother here has been under the influence of an unclean spirit. For how long? We don't know. And this is probably when shock would set in. That even God's people are subject to Satan's power. And this man is not the only one, guys. Later that evening, as you heard, when the Sabbath was over, the people of Capernaum brought to Jesus all who were sick and all who were demon-oppressed. And he cast out unclean spirits. He cast out a lot of them. This was a regular feature of Jesus' ministry. And what we learn in Mark's gospel is that Satan's power extends uh, far and wide in many and various ways over many and various people. The devil seeks to have his way with people, all people. His power extends over the people of Israel and those outside of Israel. In Mark, Jesus performs exorcism. The Son of God goes forth to war. 
He sends his apostles out to do the same thing. And after this encounter in the synagogue, we read again of Jesus encountering, encountering a man with unclean spirits outside of Israel on the other side of the lake. Then he encounters a woman in the region of Tyre, again outside of Israel, whose daughter has an unclean spirit. Then after the transfiguration, he encounters a Jewish man who has an unclean spirit. Satan seems to have his way among everyone. Jews, Gentiles, it doesn't matter. But here is the Lord Jesus, the divine Son of God, who inaugurates God's reign of salvation for all people. He has authority over Satan and his realm. So he casts out the unclean spirit from a Jewish man in the synagogue of Capernaum. He casts out the unclean spirit from a man across the lake. He casts out the unclean spirit from the Syrophoenician woman's daughter. He casts out the unclean spirit from the Jewish man's son. Both Jews and Gentiles. The scribes from Jerusalem eventually accused Jesus of being in league with Satan. The only way to explain uh, all the things that were happening, according to them. That's why he could cast out so many demons. And Jesus responds saying, uh, that's ridiculous. It makes no sense. Uh, not even Satan is dumb enough to fight against himself. Then Jesus tells this parable to explain what is really happening. Here's what he says from Mark chapter 3. No one is able, after entering into the house of a strong man, to plunder his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man. Then he can plunder his possessions. You might get this backward. Jesus is the one who has broken into the strong man's house. He is the one who has restrained the strong man. He is the one who is plundering the strong man's possessions. And these possessions are the people who are oppressed by Satan and his forces and his minions and unclean spirits. Jesus is stealing them, taking them back from the devil and transferring them into the reign of God. This is good news for everyone. For everyone who reads Mark's gospel, Gentiles, Jews, everyone, Jesus is plundering everyone from Satan's house. Yes, the man in the synagogue and the Jewish boy are stolen by Jesus from the satanic realm. But so is the Gentile man with the legion of unclean spirits, the daughter of the woman from Tyre. We see the universal nature of Jesus' mission in his casting out and his authority over the satanic realm. God's rule and reign of salvation in Christ is for all people. There is not one that Jesus will not save from satanic oppression. Israel's Messiah came for all of humanity. And so the nations are truly blessed in connection with the one who was promised through Abraham, through you all the earth shall be blessed. That's because of Jesus. You might say, that's nice. But what about me? Well, we too were once under Satan's power. We would be lost forever. This is what we say in the baptismal liturgy. 
We would be lost forever unless delivered from sin, death, and everlasting condemnation. But the Father of all mercy and grace has sent His Son, Jesus Christ, who atoned for the sin of the whole world, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Christ has plundered you. You know what the Apostle Paul says of us Christians? In Colossians chapter 1, he writes, God has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. When our Lord Jesus called you to repentance and faith, when he gave you the gift of the Holy Spirit, when he planted that gift in your baptism and continued to strengthen it through his word, he plundered you from Satan's house. You have been brought into God's rule and reign in Christ Jesus. And where we stood powerless, right? Where we stood powerless, Christ stands victorious. Martin Luther writes in the great hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, uh, about this battle with Satan. By might of ours would not be done. Soon were our loss affected, right? It's over. We lost. But... But for us fights the valiant one whom God himself elected. Ask ye, who is this? Jesus Christ. It is of Sabaoth, Lord, uh, Lord of hosts, God of armies. And there's no other God. And then there's something that can always give us confidence. He holds the field forever. May the Lord God, our Heavenly Father, who through Jesus Christ has delivered you from the dominion of darkness and transferred you into the reign of his Son, continue to preserve you from the evil one and keep you steadfast in this faith through this advent and into life everlasting. Amen.